0: I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the alpha and the omega, the force and the lie. One of the toughest things growing up is whenever you come to the realization that no matter what you do in your life, no matter how much you accomplish, those closest to you, those who are supposed to be genetically tied to you and bonded to you, whenever they show that they don't appreciate anything you do, that they don't care about anything that you've ever created, any projects, anything that you have made that you put your heart and soul and passion into, When they tell you they have no interest whatsoever or say nothing at all, it's probably one of the most painful things that a child or an adult can deal with. And I know there's a lot of you out there like that, a lot of you who've went through some of the experiences that I have. Some of you probably did really, really well in school. But instead of people appreciating you for it, they feel as though it was just simply expected. It's either... They throw you in the deep end and they say, well, you're either going to swim or you're going to drown. It's uh, really up to you. And that's their attitude about it. So you do well in school. You go on to doing college. You go on to making something of yourself. And still these people see no value in you. And of course you're saying to yourself, why did they even give birth to me? Why did they bring me into the world? They don't care about anything I do. And some of you out there, you've got family members where they never appreciated you. They never supported you. But when you started doing good for yourself, when your things or your products started selling, all of a sudden they started coming out of the woodwork and wanting a handout or they wanted something given to them or they wanted to uh, get a piece of the pie so they could get some kind of credibility or acknowledgement off your back. I've had that happen a lot to me as a kid as well as an adult. It's an experience I've had to deal with, and I suppose we'll talk about how I put up with it and how it just doesn't drive me absolutely insane and make me want to do a Paul's Ego and drive off a damn bridge. Ah, <laughs> oh, goodness. When I was a kid, obviously I've said this before, my father ended leaving very early in my life when I was brought into the world. He would eventually come back every once in a while just long enough to get my mother pregnant again. And then of course there was my mother who had uh, a lot of mental issues that caused her to sleep, um, go into violent, hostile rages, and sometimes she got so bad uh, me as well as my siblings would end up in foster care. And when you're in foster care, usually you're put in with five or ten other kids or a residential home or some kind of organization where you grow up in, wherever the system can find a bed for you to throw you in. A lot of these type of people, they don't really show any kind of interest in what you're doing either because they have all these other kids they got to worry about. And unfortunately, when you get put in places in the system... Um, Some of these places, they do it not because they love kids and they want to raise kids, but because they get a hefty paycheck from the government to do that. I've often wondered, why is it that unwealthy or poor parents or parents who are bad on their luck or something like crappy happened to them and the family structure becomes unstable, why doesn't the government send them a check? You know, why... Why take kids out of a a place because there's not enough food or, you know, enough uh, necessities when you can just send, you know, money to the family themselves so they can take care of their kid? Obviously, there's some families out there that would rather go out and buy smack and cocaine off of the, the street or spend their nightly money on a prostitute as opposed to taking care of their newborn baby. And I could go on all damn day about that. But in my personal experiences, I, the only thing that I ever seemed to get appreciated about whenever it came to my creativity or imagination, whenever it came to family was music. And I did an entire video about why I walked away from music and musicians and all that. You guys can check that out if you want. But when I first started doing music, I was doing a lot of cover tunes. Like, I'd, uh, my mother would be watching a soap opera on television or something like Young and the Restless or Bold and the Beautiful, and I would pull out my little organ and learn how to play it in like five minutes, and she thought that was the coolest thing ever. Now, if I tried to play an original or I tried to play something that I made up, eh, she wouldn't even be distracted from her television show. She'd just go on doing her thing. Unless it was something that she liked or she cared about, then what I was doing didn't really matter. It wasn't important or significant. That's one of the reasons why she and I didn't get along too well whenever I was a young man either, because if she wanted to go to church and I didn't want to because I was playing with my friends or doing other things, um, you would get a threat, you know, told you're going to get kicked out of the house or something like that if you didn't, like, attend a church or get in a car with her and go where she wants to it's the way it was that's the way life had been so obviously later in my life I made a couple CD albums and I ended up writing some books I started writing whenever I was a teenager while I was in foster care I didn't like constantly having 10 kids all over me in a foster care or wherever I was existing at the time so I would go into a room, and I wrote all kinds of material and content, filled tons of notebooks up. And it was my way of escaping the world and reality. I basically created families and covenants in a fantasy world where good was versus evil. If you were to look at some of my older books that I had written whenever I was a teenager, back when I was just starting out and learning how to even write in the first place, you would probably get the an underground or underworld vibe from it. You know, if you've ever seen Underworld before, it's basically a story about a family of vampires, a covenant that is at war with werewolves. Well, my book was a lot more bigger than that, and it was before Underworld. It was vampires, angels, demons, werewolves, Every mythological character that you can think of versus each other in the hopes to dominate the world. And of course, the human race was in the middle of it. And it was uh, definitely a world that was completely different in many, many uh, ways than our world today. Just You could literally, in my story... Uh, hear about a a werewolf or a vampire fighting to the death in the middle of the street out in public, which is not something you would ever see in reality. It was pure fantasy, pure fiction, that kind of content. Nowadays, I've written a few books, and I actually have a new book that's going to release, which is going to be my autobiography. It's a book about my life. It's uh, not just about my existence, but also what I did through social media as well as my personal life and all that. All the bad, all the good. I told my wife, if I'm going to write a book about my life, I want people to be able to know the negative stuff as well as the good stuff. I don't want to portray myself as some kind of hero or super character and didn't want to make it appear as though I was always right or writing myself as some anthropomorphic character that unrealistically seems to be able to survive and win at everything it does or it's overpowered like the the tick off the new Star Wars movies because that's not the way my life has ever been. I've always felt that it was distasteful whenever actresses or actors or famous people go and get somebody some professional ghost writer to write their story for them. And, of course, they rarely ever write about the negative stuff, unless they feel like it's a way that they can slight someone else that they don't like. But they rarely uh, paint themselves as, you know, a person who's done wrong or bad or, or made mistakes and all that. I, I do not enjoy books like that. I enjoy hearing about how people struggled, how they suffered, how they went through hell and back, and then ended up uh, somehow, some way, surviving the obstacles in their life, like what people actually do in real life. And the truth is, in reality, not everybody wins. Not everybody is the fastest in a race. Not everyone's uh the smartest. Not everyone's super book smart. Some people are street smart. Some people can survive out in the jungle, and some people can survive being the like a big CEO or something of a corporation. Well, I uh, end up writing these books, obviously, and I had felt like a because of my family structure and what was going on. I didn't have the self esteem or confidence to ever even try to publish those first books, my trilogy. 20 notebooks that were all written out. The idea of sitting down and actually typing all that out just seemed like it was a waste of time. Why even bother? I'll never get published. Nothing will ever happen. I had that kind of attitude. But my wife, she ended up looking through all my material and my content, and she thought there was a lot there that was good and redeemable and worth actually keeping. She loved me, she cared about me, and she supported me. And it was very unusual for me to be married to a person like this because all of my life I had always had the expectation or the idea that people who claim to love me aren't necessarily going to care about what I have to say or what I'm doing or what I accomplished. She was a real breath of fresh air. She really showed me what love was and what it meant to support someone and all that. So my wife and some friends got together. They ended up putting the books together, and uh, we ended up getting it self-published. We did try a couple big publishing companies, but trying to publish a, um, a book is just as challenging or difficult than trying to get signed as a band. There are thousands of bands in this world that are absolutely talented, some of them more talented than the filth that you see on MTV or some of these music stations or what you hear on the radio. But the problem is, is that it's someone's choice. Someone may listen to the music but not like the way the band looks and decide, I can't sell the image. Music has become very image-oriented, you got to be willing to wear big stupid hats, act dumb, dance with practically naked women and videos, and you got to basically serve a stereotype. Um, music industries usually like to go along with whatever culture seems to like at the time, and if it seems to make money, then they'll just simply put copy after copy, copy, you know, carbon copies of the Eminem or carbon copies of 80s bands. And they'll never change until somebody somehow manages to break through. And then, if that turns out good, then that's what the next 10 years is going to be. And that's how music follows. Well, books are the same way. And unfortunately, because a lot of people are more visual and they get into like television and they get into, um, you know, watching things on the screen. Whether it's through Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, a lot of people aren't really into reading anymore. Why read something? Why read a comic book? Some kind of comic book that's got beautiful art in it when you can watch the animated series on television or you can uh, watch a, a movie where you can just sit back on your ass and not put any kind of concentration in it whatsoever. And just watch whatever's being sludged at you that way. No point in even bothering to read a book. Who gives a shit what the characters are actually thinking or what they're feeling. Let's just have the cookie cutter superhero or character, you know, do the event that we want. And then, you know, a predetermined outcome that we think that the audience may appreciate or like. And then make the big bucks. And of course, if we don't get the big bucks then there's no sequels. Nothing happens. We don't continue on with that anymore, even if it may have been a success to a majority of the people. It's all about the money, really. Well, obviously after we got my books published, I ended up sending a bulk of books out to different family members. I gave copies of my book to my sister, my brother, the, this is the original Eternal and Dying Love series that I had. The first books I wrote whenever I was a teenager. And I also sent a bulk of books out to the grandmother that's still alive. I have a grandmother on my mother's side who passed away from cancer. But the grandmother on the other side is from my father's side. And she's like this real commando, strict type of woman who basically is very controlling, manipulative. And does not ever have anything to do with her grandkids. And I thought that she might appreciate me and see that I've actually done something that I am valuable enough to actually spend time with or talk to or even bother to give me a phone call. So I sent her out um, the entire trilogy of eternal undying love. Well, what she did was, one day she stops by. And it surprised me because she didn't call and tell me she was going to show up. She ends up coming in. She sits down with a box in her hand. And I say, hey, how you doing, all that. And she brings along one of her daughters, who is basically a sibling of my father. And uh, she said, I stopped by. I was in the area. I'm going to be going to St. Louis for something. I forget what it was. And she said, I wanted to return these to you. And she opened up the box, and it was my books. There was no folds or bins. She had never even bothered to read any of them. She didn't even bother to open them and look at what they the contents inside or the substance, anything. She said, well, you know, I appreciate you sending the books, but I don't like the covers. It's too dark. It's too, uh, it's too like, rough looking, so I didn't bother to, uh, read them, and I go, well, that's, that's sad to hear, you've had them for almost a year now, and you didn't, you didn't even read, like, a couple lines or a chapter, nope, didn't do that, just not my type of thing, I was like, do you even know what the books are about? I did have a big summary and description on the back of the books. She could have cheated and actually claimed that she want, looked at some of it or at least read the description. but she goes, "No, I seen your artwork, I seen your graphic design stuff that you did and I just it didn't appeal to me whatsoever. And I kept thinking to myself while I was sitting there and I said, "Well, grandma, you could have just uh, kept the books, put them on your shelf. Let him pick up some dust or something. You didn't have to, you know, I hardly or rarely ever see you or talk to you. You could have just simply kept the books and, you know, gave me that weird idea that, you know, that they were important enough for you to keep. But she wouldn't even let me have that. She wouldn't even (laughs) allow me the delusion or the ignorance of bliss to be able to believe that they were important enough to even have sitting on her table. Nope. So she gave them back to me. And I remember my wife looked at me like, what a bitch. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> and my wife actually said that after she left. What a bitch. <laughs> and to be honest with you, she is a bitch. That's a, that's a very hateful, ignorant thing to do. And it did break my heart. It caused me... Um, To feel like shit. I was like, my goodness, she didn't even give it a chance. She didn't even give it an opportunity. And of course, my siblings were the same way. I've always tried to go out of my way. Anytime my brother says, I've got a new song I wrote, uh, brother, I sit down, I listen to his song, and sometimes we listen to it 10 times. And I tell him, man, this is good stuff, you did really great, I love the way this dumps, I like the way the solo goes, and I really give him a lot of feedback and support. But not once in my entire life has my brother and sister ever actually looked at any of my projects. The only time my brother ever listened to anything I did was whenever he was involved or participated in the the music himself back whenever he was younger. Later on, he didn't want to hear anything I had to do. He did not want to have anything to do with my slow music or my ballads or my more chill stuff. It all had to be heavier thrash or it just basically it was, it had to have a certain image to it or a certain feel or it just wasn't no good. And that's sad because he and I, we'd always we grown up on a lot of the same music. we listen to Queen, Elton John, Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer. And then we could turn around and listen to Journey, you know, um, Great White, all the slower bands. Sting, you know, just everything that you could imagine. I could turn there, I could listen to Richard Marks, I'll Be Waiting For You. And then turn around and listen to something hateful like Deicide or something. I don't know at what point in time he became so very narrow in his views of music, or at least when performing it. It just somehow happened. And what's sad about it, too, is he's a prodigy. He's capable of doing blues and ballets and melodic stuff. He just doesn't want to do that. He wants to do thrash and heavy metal, which I like i enjoy and i've always supported him on it but i can't get the man to actually read a page of my book now i will give him credit for this unlike my grandmother and some of my other family members um, my brother did tell me that he did open it up and he looked at some of the pictures and thought it was pretty cool he does like the covers of my books but he just didn't find the time to be able to ever read it and neither did my sister and the justification is that they're busy people, which they are. I give them that. It's too bad they couldn't at least read one single chapter or paragraph, though. But that's how the cookie crumbles. Mm. Like I said, people, I'm trying to get off the cigarettes, so I smoke vapors a lot. That's what I'm doing back here whenever I pause or hold for a, a bit. So, I mean, a lot of kids and a lot of adults, you have your projects, you have your things that you work on. And obviously, whenever I spent the last 10 years doing atheist videos, uh, my family was constantly shitting on me for that. You know, they were like, oh, you lack a belief in God, you know, that's that's terrible, that's satanic, that's evil, blah, 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 and all that. So, I had to put up with that for the longest time. I had uh, basically almost made a career of doing atheist videos, and of course no one in the family appreciated that. They didn't want to see it, they didn't want to hear about it, and they actually felt almost embarrassed with the idea of going out in public with me because they were religious and I was not. So it's been like that all the way up into my adulthood. And I feel for all the kids out there, as well as adults, where you busted your ass and you've done really, really good work. And you put a lot of time into what you've done and a lot of passion. And that happens. So the next question you might ask me, well, what about strangers? My books have sold pretty good, even the older stuff. I've had people, uh, it does feel as though there are more haters and trolls who spend more time who seem to have enough time in their life to be able to either burn your book on a video or they'll buy it and then they'll burn it just to make you uh, i guess they think that's gonna hurt my feelings or something or they'll go over and say oh he writes like a 12 year old or something like that where your supporters and your fans don't put a whole lot of effort into actually telling you what they think. I've had tons and tons of people tell me behind the scenes, man, when you write your next book, I love this. And they describe the story to you and who their favorite characters are and all that. And that feels awesome. That feels great. But I also, even whenever it comes to like haters, if a hater actually looked through the book and made it through two chapters and they gave it a chance... To me, that's an accomplishment. If they hate it afterwards, well, that's their business. That's their feelings. But at least they gave it a shot. At least they put the money forward to actually, you know, uh, buy something that I put my heart and soul into and gave it much more than what my family ever would. That actually makes me feel good. If they say they read it and it didn't work out for them, then... You know, There's no feelings hurt, there's no sadness, there's no, oh no, they didn't get it or whatever. Because I know that not everything is everybody's cup of tea. I know that some music I listen to, other people won't. I know that some things that people draw or forms of art, people are just simply not going to gravitate towards. So I get that. But if someone's willing to look at your painting, if someone's willing to listen to your song... Are willing to read some of your material whether they walk away from it loving it or hating it you have to give them the credit and pat them on the back for at least trying to give it a shot basically what I'm saying is I'd rather people try and put an effort than not try at all and I'm not just saying that to the people who are the audience who Um, absorbs the art that they're looking at. I'm talking about the artists themselves. Don't give up. Don't allow other people's negativity stop you from accomplishing something that you want to do. If you decide that you want to write a book or draw a comic book or you want to make music, don't do it because you think it's going to make you money Don't do it because you think people will like you more. Do it because you inside yourself love it and it's what you want to do. Because if you base it on what other people think, people are stupid. People are are brittle and fragile. People, they don't, some people don't even know what actual art is. Some people don't give a damn about art. Some people would take a Mona Lisa and wipe their ass with it. They don't care. Some people will dump on a painting just simply because it was painted by a religious person or because it was painted by a non-believer. If there's some kind of character trait they don't like about a person, then they'll take a perfectly beautiful, constructed piece of art and wipe their ass with it. So you can't depend on what an audience thinks or what people think. When you're writing, you have to... Right, because this is the story you want to tell. This is a story that needs to be heard. This is the art that needs to happen. This is from you. This is not from them. And that's how I'm able to continuously do my graphic design work. It's how I'm able to continue to do my art. It's how I do my videos and all that. And you know what's what some of you might actually think that this is a kick in the teeth as well. But even though I'm a Christian now, and I'm making videos about God, my family still thinks that I'm incorrect in how I view and believe in God. So now they're telling me they won't even look at my God videos. They won't even look at the stuff where I'm actually promoting uh, even their own beliefs and ideas. And what I do is I look at it for what it is. It's not that these people have a problem with my book. It's not that these people have a problem with my art, or my music, or my videos. The fact is, they just don't give a shit at all. They don't care. And the truth is, when you really think about it, and this is going to be cold, though. Some people are going to hate this. For the family members out there who don't appreciate your accomplishments, and the people out there who want to run their mouth off in a dark corner... Every one of these people most likely never accomplished shit in their life. Nine times out of ten, most of these people who don't even give it a shot or shit on you have never written a book in their life, have never painted a masterpiece or a portrait, will never know what it feels like to be on a stage and perform a song that they originally created. None of these people will ever have that experience. They will never even know what it's like to put that kind of passion, love, and commitment into something. So my advice is, fuck what they think. Do it because you love it. Do it because it's right. Don't do it for money. Don't do it for pussy. Don't do it for fame and fortune or to inflate your ego. Do it because you love it because I'll tell you what if you you do it completely and you commit yourself because you love it when other people start showing that they love it just as half as much as you do it's going to make you feel so good inside you're going to the more and more positive things that are actually said and done the more accomplished you're going to feel because you know that everything that you put your heart into it's a piece of you it's a piece of your soul And everything goes up from there. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the video. And I hope this inspires you and motivates you to be able to get through the darkness and over the obstacles and make something that's beautiful. God bless.